and welcome back to Don't Give Up Space Cowboy, the podcast that is in a real cult, not a fake cult that's being run by somebody's brain somewhere. I am your host, Jeremy Greer. I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Chris Mosier. Chris, how the heck are you? That's how I'm doing tonight. How are you doing, Jeremy? I'm doing great. I uh, I just get jazzed at that theme song. I, not not uh-huh. only do I get jazzed at the theme song for Cowboy Bebop, uh, whenever we record this podcast, I get myself in the mood by um, listening to our intro for the podcast, mm-hmm. and boy, does mm-hmm. that thing slap. I don't know if we've mentioned, sure but does. like, go find everything that Mello Makes does and just go follow him everywhere, because he's great. So It's good stuff. It's good mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. We're almost done, Chris. I know. I can't believe it. Um, rewatching these episodes last night and like picking like the number normally i just hit next you know haven't actually choose it i was like holy shit there's only like two more after these. yeah after this there's two more episodes um so let's let's do some podcast stuff real quick okay do the um, podcast stuff. if we have this will be like the penultimate episode and then mm-hmm. uh the next time this podcast comes out we'll be covering the the two-parter finale and then the episode after that will cover the movie and that'll probably be a wrap for this podcast. Um, we haven't really gotten a lot of feedback or anything about this, like a lot of like questions and stuff. So uh, if you, if you are feel very strongly about Cowboy Bebop or our coverage, go ahead and send those stuff in. You can go to the monsterweek.cool slash contact and fill it out there or just email monsterweekpodcast at gmail.com and uh, send that in. And like at the end of the movie episode, we might read some of those. Um, or if we don't get enough, like we will respond and be super nice and then just not, not do an episode on it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I just want to thank everybody. Cause you know, you pay you, all, all the people who get this are patrons and y'all, you are here for us. So thank you very much. Yeah. And if um, you're hearing this, otherwise, if it ever is out in the public, you know what? This <laughs> thank you is not for you. <laughs> yeah. You don't get thanks. Cause you waited until it was free. <laughs> I was going to say something nice, but I didn't. <laughs> But if you feel guilty about that and want to support the show or get some exclusive podcasts that you may not have access to, go to patreon.com slash monster of the week. All right. Uh, We're covering session 23, Brain Scratch, which came out April 3rd, 1999. It was written by Dai Soto. Dr. Londis, the leader of the religious cult Scratch, has a large bounty on his head, and Faye joins the cult to get the bounty. Spike takes to the streets in an effort to get to Dr. Londis while Jet and Ed buy a video game that the cult members use to ascend into the digital being. Uh, I like this episode a lot, just kind of yeah. starting out. It's it's a it's a neat concept. I'm kind of here for any stories about people uploading their memories to the cloud. Um, there's a real, almost a short story about this um, in the Transmetropolitan comic books. That I, I just really, it's just a really, really sweet story, which Warren Ellis isn't exactly known for sweet stories. <laughs> so when you get, when you get them, they're <laughs> nice. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like this stuff a lot. Like, and this is this is a well done. This is a trick, right? Like this this has a twist towards the end, uh, but it's a, it's a really well done twist. I thought. Yeah, this feels like uh, old kind of Twilight Zone almost, but mm-hmm. in the vein of Cowboy Bebop, which is really cool. A lot of Cowboy Bebop, I, I think we've made this comparison before, but a lot of Cowboy Bebop reminds me of Twilight Zone, because yeah. even though we've got the same cast of characters, like it's just like a kind of a different thing, and like you could walk away with like, what did I learn about myself today? Kind of, kind of, yeah. you know, moral out there's, of the whole thing. There's so much great stuff in, in every episode that feels very Cowboy Bebop, but in a way, you could almost say that Cowboy Bebop is like a six-episode show, and then everything else is just these little short stories that happen to involve these same characters. Um, it's like the animation department and the, the writers. Like Every episode, they're like, let's just play around with this idea. And you have so many little through-line, I don't know, 
things in the background in all of these episodes that feel like they take up a lot of screen space but add nothing other than just their own existence. Uh, I'm trying to think of an example in this one. I know there's like in the next episode, there's the thing with the eggs. There's just eggs all around. They have all these eggs and now they have to eat all these eggs. And it doesn't function as part of the plot in any way, shape or form. But Cowboy Bebop is filled with stuff like that. And mm-hmm. like these episodes where they're focused on a short story that involves something else. It could be pretty much any characters. It's those little moments that like help elevate it and make it feel i guess like bebop i guess that's the essence of bebop is just all these little things happening all at once yeah and it's the it's the absurd amount of detail right um Mm -hmm. like you could you could easily make this and not have that attention to detail and it would it it might even still be good like if all things being equal like you you might be able to watch this and like just say wow that was that was a really fun episode of bebop Mm -hmm. but it's all the details i think that keep keep you coming back to it um like i would imagine um, I haven't gone back and like rewatched any of these since we started the podcast, but it's something that I'm really looking forward to because especially after discussing it, after finding out what's going to happen at the end and not like worrying about that mystery, like going back and soaking up those details, like that's really what makes a piece of media good. And Cowboy Bebop is just filled with that. Yeah. And uh, not to, you know, keep harping on like this, this end of the show, but we both rewatched these episodes because we originally took notes on them what two months ago, um, something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so being able to June fifth is when I watched these episodes according yeah, to this note. <laughs> that's that's a little ways back now. Um, being able to to watch them without taking notes, then you really notice the little details. Obviously, a casual viewer or anybody even just you know watching it with the podcast or whatever, they're going to be able to kind of spot those things more often and it's weird where we're in a position where we maybe want to discuss those details or call those things out but we're distracted because we're taking notes on other things um you know one thing sticks out and then another thing gets lost so being able to just sit back and watch it the way that it's meant to be watched was really cool mm-hmm. um makes me almost want to go back and rewatch a hundred and something episodes of supernatural yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay so we start out um, with the, a good old uh, TV trope of uh, a TV changing channels. Uh, mm-hmm. We start out on channel 95 and we learn what Scratch is. Uh, Scratch is basically... Um, it's, they're it's, a cult. It's a cult. <laughs> like they're, yeah, yeah. They're a um, cult that, that it desires to, to find like awakening and separate the soul from the body. Like the human body is just your cage and this wants to wake you up from that. Put in the cloud. <laughs> Um, the channel flips and we learned that the, uh, that the ISSP, which I believe is the police force in this, in this mm-hmm. world, um, has begun searching the homes of scratch members and officials because as the TV channel changes again, we learned that we, there are, are a number of suicides associated with scratch with people killing themselves, thinking that they have uploaded themselves to the cloud. Yeah. Um, and then we, the channel flips again and we find out they're using a good old fashioned PSVR to, to do this, to, to suck out <laughs> yeah. people's heads. Uh, and you know to turn out to turn their souls into electrons which uh, doctors are saying is should be impossible yeah um and we're so we're seeing all these stuff like this you know this is a, this is our little intro just a tv nothing else with the tv but then it flicks channels again and it's fey <laughs> like one of these like convention gathering things and they're like interviewing her in the audience about how like well if you know if, if i'm gonna go if i separate my soul from my body then i won't be in debt anymore so like this is a great idea and Which then we cut out to jets honestly like, sounds like fey right that sounds yeah. exactly like something yes. they would do <laughs> she's like all right enough of this mortal coil i owe a lot of money <laughs> i'm out of here and then yeah jet and spike watching the tv who are clearly like, they don't give a shit about any of this. Um, we're like, okay, this is obviously a scam. Yes. Um, and the channel, we go back to the TV and then we learn that this, uh, video game console is called the brain dream. 
Um, and that lets you basically strap some stuff to your head and you can play video games waggling your arms around like you're real in the game. I really appreciate the video game. Like they don't do a lot of a lot of them, but like you see like a dude driving or whatever in the video game. Like scenes are very, very late '90s video game. Yeah. Like what this is what we think video games will look like in the future, right? Yeah, it seems like there was a. Uh, I mean, this is obviously this is when video games were starting to blow up. So um, there were a lot of different, I guess, anime that were like dipping into these kind of ideas. Cowboy Bebop maybe did it first. I don't know, and they just they did a little bit of it. There's a show called Serial Experiments Lane that kind of like deals with this a little bit, not necessarily with video games, but like you know consciousness and the internet and stuff like that. And then obviously Dot Hack. I'm a big fan of Dot Hack, where you um, if you get trapped in the game. Then it's like you're experiencing like your emotions and your, your physical sensations through something like this. So I love this kind of idea. I love this little, this little seed for thought as gamers. You know, yeah. I feel like mm-hmm. we, uh, <laughs> we we this is this is titillating to the mind. <laughs> we also um, at this point we go to we're having a little dinner, um, and you know Jet hands Spike and Ed some 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 stuff, some food looking stuff. Um, and then looks up the doctor that kind of runs Scratch and that created it, Dr. Londa's, and uh, finds out he has a 35 million Wulong bounty yeah. on his head. Um, oh, shit. <laughs> 35 mil, dude. That's not that's not fucking that's, around. Ain't uh, nothing to sneeze at. And th- we also find out that he used to be a legit doctor, but then he disappeared for 50, year, or 50 years or so and then just showed up with Scratch kind of pre-made for him, which is really strange. Um, we mentioned this background detail and like the level of detail. There's the, in the background while like Jet is explaining who this dude is, um, Ed takes her food, which I guess it looks kind of like a cereal, and she just pours some milk on it. And Spike yeah. sees this and is like, "Hey, that's a good idea." And then pours beer on his, or like a coke yeah. or something, and then yeah, tries to eat it. Beer. It is like, "What? This is yeah. terrible, Spike. What the fuck like, are you doing, man?" He just like doesn't get it. He's like, "Oh, pour your drink on your food. Interesting. Like he's never heard of the concept of cereal before." So he dumps beer. Really funny his. to me. Um. And yeah, Jet decides like, oh hey, we're gonna we're gonna go after the Scratch Group because we want that thirty five million Wu Long. Yeah. Um, um, and then we see um, we see Faye mm-hmm. sneaking around. Yeah. She's doing some snooping, and then she's like, okay, she's armed. She's she's clearly this is this is she's working some game here. This isn't just like Faye trying to join the migrants of the psychic movement. She's she's up to something. And she goes into this room where there's like a like a pile of TVs, almost in the shape of a tower, like a like a real mm-hmm. sloppy tower. And they all start to turn on, and like she's literally like just surrounded by dead bodies. Um, and she tries to like run away, but before she can, she, before she can, her vision kind of starts going crazy, and she basically just passes out. Back at the, on the bebop, Ed starts searching the net to find info. Um, <laughs> I love, I don't know I love what Ed I was searching on. Searching the net, I love searching it. Searching the net. I don't know what I was on when I made these notes because almost every other word is autocorrected to be something wrong. Ooh. So instead of saying searches the net, it says searches the bet. So I'm looking at my notes, trying to go like, all right, was what what's the fuck am I? Say? What am I trying to say? <laughs> Let me try to like. <laughs> I didn't. It also says um, I wrote down like, oh, we see Faye snooping around, but Faye just autocorrected to days perfect so, so we see days snooping around. i'm like i'll perfect. figure it out we'll get there context <laughs> um basically we, we get a bunch of we get kind of a montage of our three heroes trying to track down who dr excuse me dr mm-hmm. londez is um jet i think spike like actively tries to get recruited by like people handing out flyers which is very cute uh, as we mentioned ed searching the net jet interviews like this old man like who might have known dr londis back in the day but like he literally just falls asleep <laughs> in the yeah. middle of the interview um 
Spike like talks to some more missionaries and like they're talking about stuff like cleansing his soul and then um and then like Ed is completely striking out. So like nobody knows what this dude is. And then we have an episode of Big Shot. Um our our bounty update our bounty hunter update TV show, I guess is what you call it. And uh-huh. um they're, they also say that everybody's talking about Londez, but nobody has any information. And then the guy has a surprise announcement. They are shutting Uh-oh. Big Shot down. And, they get canceled. And the chick is pissed. Like, every episode we've seen, like, she's been, like, bouncy and happy. And her voice is up here. Hey she's weird. And then, like, yeah, as soon as she finds out, she's like, what the fuck yeah. is happening? <laughs> she's had, like, such, like, a, uh, a stereotypical, like, southern, like, hey, y'all, how y'all doing? And then mm-hmm. suddenly it's just like, what the fuck is going on here? And that's it. That's all. That's the last time we see Big Shot. That's it. They're just, they're just actors. I was going to ask you, like, does that ever come back, or is that just like a nope? We're done with this goof, so we're going to kill it. I'm pretty sure that's it. Okay, cool. That's awesome. I could be wrong. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Um, from here, uh, Spike and Jet and Ed all meet back up the back up on the Bebop, and basically, like, yeah, we didn't find anything. Um, fortunately, uh, Faye calls. And Faye is in some very obvious pain, um, and but she's kind of loopy talking about finally getting rid of all of her debts as well. Um, mm-hmm. This triggers Jet to go out and buy a Brain Dream, which is our video game console. He has to go stand in line at a toy store for the Brain Dream, but surrounded Shut by up. children, which is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> at the local GameStop, I'm assuming that they're still around. Yeah. See, when I went to stand in line for a Nintendo Wii, it was like the opposite. It was a bunch of grown men, and every time there was a child, I think that child felt very out of place. Absolutely. Yeah, my, my picking up a Wii story was like 5 a.m. outside of a Target, and like, why yeah. would you bring a child there? Like, just go to the store and bring the Wii back to them. You don't need to be there. I got there. I got to Target 2 p.m. the day before because I was fucking 16 and had nothing else to live for. Wow. Um, yeah, dude. For 18 hours. This is, this is a digression, but this is the place I'm doing it. 18 hours sitting there. At the end of the day, or the, the next morning, 7 a.m., they call everybody in, and there was a little kid there with his buddy, but his his buddy wrote down one name. We wrote down names just to keep our place, like Target, like, let us do that, because they're like, yeah, if this helps people, whatever, go ahead, we'll, we'll follow this. Um, one of the kids didn't write his name down, they almost didn't let him buy a Wii. I had to watch a little boy cry as I was walking out of a Target holding a Nintendo Wii and Twilight Princess. I was like, sucks to be you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Should have got here earlier, bro. <laughs> Should have got here. Look, I got here at two, man. Sorry. I got here You're at fucked. two p.m. I smell like fucking tacos, dude. Was uh, right, anyway. was the Nintendo Wii worth it, Chris? Was it worth that eighteen? No, hours? it totally no, wasn't. It totally yeah. wasn't. No, no video game console was worth eighteen hours of your life. Um, so Jet puts on the the brain dream. Mm-hmm. Um, Ed enters in some fake information for him, and he goes into the virtual zone. Yes. And uh, we get like a bunch of weird like ocean imagery with Londes talking about heaven and hell not existing and losing your muscle and bone. Mm-hmm. And all while this is happening, like Ayn is up and like barking and growling. Um, and as this continues, Jet kind of like goes slack and then um, l- literally starts screaming in pain. And when he takes the brain dream off, he finds that Ayn literally bit him to get him out of this thing, which was like kind of sucking up his his brain material. Yeah. Um, this they're selling this thing to kids like i guess so is man. this just a specific game that he put in like did he put in the the suck your soul out disc instead of the you know talking Kong brain dream edition maybe it doesn't work on kids maybe maybe they're not susceptible to the cult's techniques um all i know is that they enter in jet's name into this like video game as marshall banana yes um and i think i'd like to change my name formally to marshall banana um, i'm gonna go into the discord right now and um put that into effect you don't have to because I am already doing it. All right. Excellent. Excellent. So 
from there, at, at some point, I don't know if, if you mentioned it, that, that uh, Faye calls and she's like, yeah. fucking chilling out. She doesn't mm-hmm. even give a shit. She, uh. she, she is heavily in pain and she's like, hey guys. Um, oh, so from there they try doing... <laughs> They tried doing the experiment on Ayn. They put the headset on Ayn because they're like, well, <laughs> all right, it didn't work on Jet or like Jet was like fucked by this thing. So they put the headset on Ayn, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so we can, um, I guess, so, I guess, and that's a pretty sound idea because like if a dog doesn't have any brains to suck, right? Like then they can just, like it gives Ed the opportunity to hack it, which she does. Like she yeah. manages to, to knock it out. Um, which is very funny. Because, um, yeah, they think they're trying to, what, get, like, the location, kind of, of, like, where this is all coming from. Mm-hmm. But they need to be hooked up for that to happen. If they're hooked up, then somebody's going to get their brain fried. But, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I, f- I forgot. It's, like, Ed thinks she's doing, uh, like, hacking stuff, but it's actually all eyeing on the inside. Yeah. With yeah. lots of weird computer imagery. I forgot how much <laughs> I like that detail. Yeah. Um, so, they yeah, they hack it back to the location. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that Londis, the leader of the cult... He is, like, he never existed, like, formally as, like, this entity that he expresses himself as. Um, they end up tracking him to to a hospice care center. Basically, this dude is not not even awake. Yeah. Um, once they hacked it, they figured out where Faye's location is. So, Jet heads over there. And just the, the color palette, like, that kind of, like, almost black and white, like, bled out color palette that's that they use for ed for excuse me for uh spike to walk up and find Faye yeah. is so good like it's just so pretty like it's, it's they just really nice. it feels like they've really enjoyed making this show like all these little shots and like in the details and like just stuff like this you're just like yeah somebody was somebody put some thought and effort and creativity into this and to every episode it never really feels like oh shit yeah we gotta we gotta get these done it's not a it's not a show in service of plot it's a it's like a true animated show because it's like letting its its hair down, you know. Yeah, if anything, the plot is in service to the art. Like mm-hmm, it's just like mm-hmm. w- let us like your story is giving us the opportunity to go into crazy detail in our imagination and like create these landscapes. Like we're gonna do it. Like let, let's yeah. get after it. Hell yeah! Um, which is nice. Like that that kind of that again that attention to detail is something that makes me really really love the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jet and Ed are trying to get access to this dude in the hospice facility love, by love pretending to, to be father and daughter. And man, yeah. could Ed, Ed is like my favorite person on the show, Chris. Like I know, yeah. I know I'm supposed to like spike a whole lot, but boy, Ed, Ed's really fantastic. They just keep crying and like jet saying like, yeah, she really wants to see your brother or whoever it is. And like the first, the guard is like skeptical, but by the end of it, he's like, all right, go on it. He's crying too. <laughs> Cause they just, they put on such a good story for him. Um, while this is happening, spike finds Faye's body. Um, she's still alive. She's just kind of passed out. And the team, TVs in the, in the room come on and Londis kind of starts talking to him and says, you know, these were all of the other bounty hunters that, that, you know, that came here and I basically mm-hmm. just put them asleep and they slept to death. Um, and he says, he's not forcing anything, anybody to do anything. He's just, you know, he's letting them practice a faith of their own free will because, you know, God doesn't exist. People created God. So, you know, You're if right. they want to believe it's a cold, ugly world, that's fine. But they, what people really want is is to have hope. And that's what he's giving everybody. And Spike is like, nah, dude, I'm going to need a little bit more than that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like, where are you? <laughs> Stop talking to this mumbo-jumbo yeah. bullshit. Uh, come out from behind the curtain, Oz. Because, yeah, illusions don't aren't going to cut it for Spike. Um, meanwhile, we cut back over to Jet, who is like, oh, so Londis is in a coma and his brain is hooked up to the net. And um, they just unplug him from the net. Well, I'm looking at my notes really quick. I'm like, don't don't tell me they just fucking flatline this. Just don't tell me they just no, like, no. unplug this. No, they 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 turn off his Wi-Fi, so he yeah. can't uh, psychically project anymore. 
Um, um, while that's, that's happening, Londez is, is going on and on about how TV is bad and it bombs p- people with waves and it, and it confuses them. And I'm like, okay, so like, yeah, it makes us believe fantasy at the drop of a hat and like all these pixels control our brains and shit. And I'm like, um, can you not? Uh, I'm actually watching television right now. <laughs> Dude, listen to one Bill Hicks comedy stand up special and was like, oh, I got it. I got it. I, I figure out what I'm supposed to do. And then he went into a coma and that's, that's the attitude um, that he has with, but you know, Spike comes out. You know I love that dream talk in Cowboy Bebop. Mm-hmm. Spike says something along the lines of, if you want a dream, just do it yourself. Um, uh, I like that. I, again, I didn't I, I didn't pre-plan my, my dream talk, but like you, you got to admit, it comes up a lot, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's, a, um, it's, it's a theme. It's a running theme on the show. Yeah, and I like that um, you know, Spike is always talking about how he feels like he's, he's trapped in a dream and trying to wake up from that dream. Um when he sees Vicious back way back in episode five, that's when he feels like he's back in that dream or the nightmare that won't end or whatever. The dream is his, his, his past life. And then this man kind of forcing everybody to experience his own dream, his own past, his own vision of how things should be. That's absolutely not what Spike wants. No. Um, from here, Landes starts getting... Um, like kind of fade faded out like the image starts getting hazy because they're they're shutting down his wi-fi yeah. and, say, um, everyone should have the same body is that what he something like yes that? yeah uh it says no he says no this isn't fair why did it have to be like this everybody should have the same body as i have i don't want to disappear and i think you know it's it'd be real easy to have a lot of sympathy for this person who is you know in some sort of coma state that with their brain still very active unable to to use or even maybe feel their body um, but also, homie, you killed a bunch of people. Yeah, <laughs> on some on some weird, dumb TV is bad shit. Like what? Yeah. Um, on, I mean, and and you can and you can have sympathy for the guy and also realize, like, oh yeah, he he's a he's a bad person. Like, but he's not like, but he's it it's also both. a terrible situation. Yeah, it could be yeah, both. It, yeah, it could be both. Um, yeah. So um, they yeah they just they handcuff his unconscious body. <laughs> Thank uh, you, Jet, for that detail. Really ex- appreciate that. Seems, okay. seems seems like a little too much, but you got to get that bounty right. Um. So obviously you got to have. So all right, hold on. Um. Yeah, he he laments or not um, laments, but Jet Jet remarks that this was basically all just um some some kid's dream, but all that kid could do was dream. Um, and eventually those dreams went bad and, and turned into, to something like this. Um, and Ed remarks that this time, I hope you have sweet dreams because Ed is just a sweet, beautiful, innocent baby child. Um, and maybe now disconnected Londas can dream something better than this, this kind of horrible reality that he conjured up. Well, as long as they don't do anything to, um, you know, help him besides put the cuffs on it. That's yeah. all I'm concerned about. Like, we're not going to give that dude therapy. Somebody no, else's job. No, he has to job. go to jail. Yeah, he's got, he's got to go to coma jail. <laughs> like, yep. Jesus Christ. It's rough. Space is rough, man. <laughs> um, and that's it. That's that's pretty much the episode. I think we get some more, like, dialogue from Blades talking about his uh, consciousness and bodies and, and whatnot. Talking about his feelings. Yeah. Um, and then, but no- notably, we don't get an outro card for this one. We just get the credits, which I thought was yeah. weird. Unless I wrote that and- down wrong so um well i didn't write anything special i usually try to write it down if there is anything special so if anything it was just see you space cowboy but yeah. i don't know um and then the preview um at the end is just ed like singing or humming and, yeah um, that's <laughs> like i was like okay well i'm kind of on guard now <laughs> yeah yeah what the fuck could be what could be happening um yeah this was a, this was a good episode like i said it, it's 
you know, I think this consciousness, putting your human consciousness into uh, a a digital state, like it's not a new thing in science fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a new thing in probably anime <laughs> or you know just in yeah. media in general. Uh, but it's 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 a solid take on it. I you know again the the details really make up for what could just be like a very basic plot, right? Like, I mean, there's nothing like there's a twist here, but I think you could probably see the twist coming. Like if you, if you're familiar with any kind of, you know, sci-fi plot mechanisms, you're like, Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, that dude definitely doesn't exist. If nobody's seen him for 50 years, something weird is going on with that guy. Um, But overall I I really like it. And like, you know, just we we don't get any history or anything. We don't have a meta plot that we worry about. It's just a solid, like standalone episode. Yeah. It's just, hey, how would these characters each react to this situation? And this is the way they go about it. Um, and the and Marshall Banana was born. Yes, and and now Chris is named Marshall Banana. Now Something, I'm Marshall Banana. And nobody has noticed in the Discord yet, so we'll have to wait yeah. for that to happen. Eventually someone will listen to this in a year from now, and they'll tweet me Marshall Banana, and I'll say, and excuse what, you. What are you talking what about? What are you talking about? I don't even remember <laughs> the Cowboy Bebop episode that that is from, yeah. <laughs> much less the joke that I made about it. Oh, I can't wait. It's going to happen. I can't wait. <laughs> to the uh, session 24 Hard Luck Woman which came out April 10th 1999 written by Makiko Yakote. Ed places a faint bounty into the system for her own father and hopes Chet and Spike will lead her to him. They do and despite a joyous reunion her absent-minded father immediately abandons her to pursue his work mapping Earth. Ed decides to leave the group and heads out on her own in search of her father. Ayn comes along with her Boy, that's a terrible episode description, Chris, because yeah. it, it doesn't mention any of the phase stuff, and it actually like spoils everything that you would want to see in this episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, yeah, right off the bat, we're starting. We're starting with Faye. Um, she's in her her room on the Bebop, and she's watching that old videotape of herself, that like home movie that she made of herself. Um, which I like that this this is their callback for Faye. There's nothing really dramatic or or new or groundbreaking they aren't showing us some deep sophisticated flashback of something right here they're just going they're they're the callback they're making is to a video that she watched and so she's watching that same video over and over again and it's kind of giving us a little window inside of Faye because yeah we we watched that video during the episode where it came up and it was touching and it kind of opened up a, a a part of Faye that we hadn't seen before but we I don't know if I would really expect Faye to be the type of person who's sitting and studying that tape and, and reliving those details and trying to pull information out of it. Cause, but that's what she's here doing. She's, she's watching it over and over, not necessarily looking at herself, but trying to figure out where is this? What is this place yeah. in this video? Can I get back there? This seems like a very <clears throat> natural thing to do if you are a person mm-hmm. that does not have memory 
doesn't have all of your memories and are, are trying desperately to figure out like what your life is and where you were yeah. from and where do you belong. Uh, just freeze framing a statue and being like, where's the statue? Like I would, you know, nowadays you would screenshot that and try to do like a reverse Google image search right, right to, to try to figure out what that is. Um, feels very natural and like she's staring so intently she doesn't even notice when ed shows up um and ed is just silently like beside her and she freaks faye out like what are you doing and faye even like tries to hide the screen which i think like faye is so incredibly um like insecure about this stuff like she Mm -hmm. i I feel like she doesn't even know how she feels about it like it's really difficult for her to do anything she just knows that she doesn't want anybody else to know about it yeah um but Ed, when Ed sneaks in, uh, she says that she might recognize that statue that Faye is looking at. Um, but before this can go anywhere else, Ed falls asleep. <laughs> yeah, which is hilarious. Faye tries to get um, her to, to, to wake up, and it does not work. Um, but yeah, so now they're heading to Earth, right? Are they on Earth? There's something. Yeah, they, we we skip outside to outside of the Bebop where Spike is just chilling, and uh, like jet walks outside and he's like what are we why are we on earth he's like we're, we're on earth now it's like we were all going to mars he's like I, I don't know man we're on earth and and like spike's like also the girls are gone yeah spike <laughs> it, they just brushing his teeth go girls are gone like, <laughs> he's just so he's so blase about it and then that's his entire thing if you if you go online you'll always see like cool gifts of like uh, Spike smoking cigarettes, looking like broody, or like pointing his gun and going bang, like looking cool. But like Spike is the coolest in like moments like that when he's when he's brushing his teeth and his girls are gone. Like that's who Spike is. Mm-hmm. I don't like Spike. Barely has any lines in this. It's fucking hilarious. Yeah. I love um, I love episodes where Spike doesn't talk a lot. Yeah. I think Spike has a lot of really cool kind of like mysterious noir uh dialogue throughout this show and he's got a lot of funny shit that he says too but i like the episodes where spike 100 takes a backseat says like five things maybe and just like gets punched once like that's that's i love that version of spike um we got back over to Faye, uh, who is promising ed something good if she leads Faye to the uh waterfall and then we go we cut back to or cut over to this like weird ship creature um that like crashes like something we see something crash to the surface of the planet and like a vehicle like comes in from the water and like has wheels and this goes right onto the land like some dope ass music is playing i think this was the Mm -hmm. song that i'm gonna pick out for the interstitial stuff that i usually do um and then two guys get out and like start surveying the place uh and like instantly like they touch a geyser and like it's very hot and then they just run away from it back into their ship which i thought was very funny (laughs) it's just absolutely uh just just maniacs out here um from here we go back over to ed and uh faye ed says that she's identified the waterfall and it's she's just having a tea she just picks up a teapot from like this trash pile and Mm -hmm. faye is pretty damn pissed when a bunch of other kids show up all who seem to know ed somehow and then um like they're all acting a little weird. Like one of the kids asked for for Faye's like nails or something, yeah. which I was like, "Come on, they are we in fingernails? Are we in the movie chill. Saw? Like, what are you doing?" Um, yeah, there's um part of the the trouble that they're having with their search, and they they probably bring it up later, but is that they're looking for the specific landmark on Earth, but Earth is just constantly being bombarded by like meteor showers. Yeah. So there's craters all over the place. I mean, they're in a crater right now. So I, you know, finding out where something was a long time ago, the way something looked a long time ago is going to be very difficult because this wasn't just like when Faye was a young girl a couple years ago. This is what, 50 years ago that she was in a, uh, uh, cryogenically frozen or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's just rough. But then also I just, I like the fact that, you know, 
Earth is Earth. So as soon as if there's a crater, hey, we're going to put some trash in it. We, we got all this trash. trash. Might as well put Absolutely it in the crater hole. trash in those craters, yeah. <laughs> um, a nun shows up, starts hosing Faye down, <laughs> but then she recognizes yep. Ed and is like, oh, okay. This isn't just a strange woman uh, yelling at these children. She's with Ed. Yeah. And uh, she explains that she met Ed like five years ago and she just like wandered up kind of out of nowhere and then disappeared three years after that just like she, like some sort of stray cat um and then she's kind of takes she's the person that's gonna be kind of taking care of all of these like wayward children right yeah um and the nun asked like gets all the kids to to come eat and like you think she's gonna do this really long prayer because she's a nun but she's like all right dig in get into it everybody yeah, yeah. <laughs> god loves you eat <laughs> and i'm like yeah that's exactly what you need to do because kids are not gonna be able to sit on their hands for this long and it's funny that in this part um the way that they have Faye, she looks like a little kid. The way that like she sits and like the way that she kind of interacts with everybody. Like obviously she's an adult woman, but I think there is something childlike being pulled out of of Faye throughout this episode. Not that she's being like silly or giggling and like acting like a child, but just she's she's stepping back into her past. She's actively searching for her childhood home here, um, and I think that there's just like little shades of that in her character throughout this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and just, you know, that, that thread that, that she's thinking about her past and then there's all these kids around, like nobody will get you thinking about your you know, formative years, like being around a bunch of children who were just running around screaming and, and being kids. Right. Um, yeah. the nun tells Ed like, Hey, um, or actually, no, no, I'm sorry. Faye gets up to leave. She's like, I, I got to get out of here and find out what I'm looking for. And Ed's like, Oh, I actually know exactly where it is. I just know that the fish soup here is really good. So we came here to get fish soup, which I thought yeah. was kind of funny. Yeah, it's always, it's always about food. And then the nun says, hey, I found something for you, Ed. And she goes over and picks up this like uh, cigarette case looking thing. And it opens up to reveal a hologram showing um, the guy that we saw earlier in the amphibious vehicle, which turns out to be Ed's father. Um, and then we go back over there to Ed's dad, who is uh, doing more surveying. So he's just out yeah. there like doing the work. Yeah, surveying uh, the changes to Earth's topography, <laughs> mm-hmm. which seems like a like a wasted effort, to be honest with you. Also, you know, as Earth, like we're 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 obviously in space now. We don't have an Earth government that can take care of this. Like this feels like a like a like a government kind of job, right? Like this is what your government should be doing. Yeah, yeah. I don't really know what the deal is with Earth here, but yeah, um, doesn't matter. Oh, also, the the nun makes some line about when Ed sees like the hologram of her father. It says something along the lines of um. In this world, people must cherish whatever ties cherish whatever ties they have, um, which I think is kind of poignant considering like this show is about four or five people who are just like from all different stretches of life crammed together on this one spaceship, and these are really the only ties that any of them have to each other or to anybody rather. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, all of that is, is super good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, from here. We go into awkward podcast transition moment because my mm-hmm, thing mm-hmm. scrolled and I don't know where yeah. we are. Oh, no, it's, just, it's so hard to follow these because it's like three months old. <laughs> uh, yeah, t- like even rewatching it, it's like I took these notes. What was I thinking? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't. I specifically didn't want to take more notes because I was like, no, that that'll be too hard. I'll just use my other ones. But I'm like, wow, I got to go back into three months. Three months old. Three months young. Jay like didn't even have a kitchen that he was putting in his house. He wasn't even thinking about that shit. <laughs> Um, we go over to Ed, uh, who is on a pier next to the statue, the lion head statue. Um, Faye is kind of in the grass, like in the, in the land next to the pier when, um, this woman comes up in a wheelchair and recognizes Faye and, uh, identifies herself as Sally Young and is amazed She's that more Faye- like Sally old. Boom. Got him. 
uh, is amazed that Faye looks so young uh, and then remembers that she was put into chirostasis after the accident. Um, and of course, Faye doesn't remember any of this. She has like flashes of Sally when they were young. Um, but before anybody can explain anything, Sally's granddaughter shows up. And as Sally is about to explain, like, you know who this is? Faye's like, I'm a ghost from beyond. <laughs> Peace. And yeah. this just turns around yeah. and leaves. I'm like, all right, so we're scaring children now. Is that the yeah. goal? I, uh, I love that line when she says I'm a ghost from beyond because that's like another huge theme of this show. If you look at um, Jet, Spike, and Faye, they are all almost literally ghosts from another time, you know? Faye, literally, she's a person out of time. She was asleep for 50 years, wakes back up, her, she, she's a ghost of who, who she was back then. Um, Spike, who alludes to the fact that he died, he didn't literally die, um, but that's essentially, there was a death of his old life and an almost death of his body, um, and he's essentially just what the ghost left of that now. And then you get Jet, who's like the old, grizzled, retired cop who, like, who can't hang with the, the way that he used to, you know, like, he, he's a ghost of that former self. The only person who isn't like that is Ed. It's it's almost like all of these people's lives kept going on without them somehow. Exactly. Like they're That's a really like, good way to put it, yeah. Like, you know, in Faye's case, like literally. Like she was in cryostasis. Like she literally stayed the same as everything around her changed. But um Spike and Jet both seem to have gotten to a certain point in their lives and they just were like, Nope. I'm not, this is who I am now. And I'm not mm-hmm. going to change no matter what else mm-hmm. happens. I'm just going to kind of casually smoke my way through this, this universe and do whatever I have to do to put some food in my belly. And that's that. Um, I really like, I really like the, the, that. Like people up is a, is a show about people whose lives went on without them. Yeah. I mean, it's, it feels that way. And like Ed doesn't feel that way, but that's only because she has, doesn't, hasn't had much of a life yet. Like yeah. she's just she's, so young. She's not the ghost of some tragic past. Yeah. Yeah. Cause she's like 11. Um, so from here we go. Oh yeah, yeah, man. I I, I wrote down a note about the um, the sunset behind the starship. Like this scene of Faye flying her starship at like low velocity. Ed's on the top with her sunglasses, and like the sunset is the background. Like man, it's just I wow. Like just mm-hmm. you don't have mm-hmm. to do this. Why you got to flex this hard, <laughs> Cowboy Bebop? <laughs> like yeah. it's just a transitional scene. What are you doing? <laughs> Y'all like got to do us like this. Damn, coming Why in hard. <laughs> Um, they go back over to the Bebop, and uh, Jet immediately starts yelling and yelling at them. And uh, Faye just like looks at looks at Jet, and Jet's like, "Okay, I'm sorry, I'll be quiet. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say anything mm-hmm. more." Uh, yeah, you know it's bad because when Faye goes to lie down, all depressed. Yeah, she's she's very very sad, and again, she has the longest legs of any woman that I've ever seen in any media whatsoever. Like it's crazy. <laughs> like she stretches out on this bed, and I'm like, you, you can't even see your feet. Like yeah, not even like, in a weird show me your feet way. She's just way over there. Like the camera can't zoom out like enough. Slender man, <laughs> like tree branches. Um, Ed is all excited. She shows Ein the um, like the hologram thing of her dad. Um, but meanwhile, so we see that, and then meanwhile, Jet and Spike are looking at what they perceive to be a huge bounty on that very same man. Yes, uh, where we go back over to um, this dude, and who is like currently cracking open eggs and then sucking the the inside out, um, and trying to get his assistant to do the same Chill. because eggs are <laughs> eggs are good for you, and they uh-huh. do all this other stuff. But he can't even remember his assistant's name. Like you get the idea, you get the sense very quickly that this dude is just absent-brained. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, like somebody else we might know. Mm. Um, they see another meteor crash, and so they load up all their gear to chase it. Uh, 
Faye on the bebop is kind of still moping around in bed, but goes to take a, uh, what I have in my notes is a depression shower. Like I'm, I'm surprised she doesn't have a beer in there <laughs> just to, just to really put, put the look together. Um, yeah. and as, and as the, the water kind of washes over her, she, she starts remembering things. Um, like she gets images of the ocean that statue, a man in a library, her friends, like a, a flight into space for the first time. Like, cause she's actually like a small, like a young woman, on a spaceship, like being awed that she's in space when, uh, and we see this from far away. Like we see the ship kind of in the distance and it, something explodes on the side. And then she sees this image that we've seen a couple of times throughout this episode that I originally took to be like the gate crashing. Like it looked like mm-hmm. the planet looked like the moon was like split apart somehow. Uh, but it turns out to be the plane of pane of glass that she was looking through to see the moon it cracks which is obviously a very bad thing to happen in space Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's like and it splits her life in half it 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 splits her past and her her future right in half um so when she gets out of the shower i think the most like damning thing here is that she pops out and she bumps into spike and instead of yelling at him she says i'm sorry and then she says i have to go um and she heads out um, which that's that's not Faye behavior. We've we've seen Faye throughout this series, and that is not how Faye acts. Spike is so not worried about anything until she, until Faye apologizes to him, and she and yeah. then he's like, "What is happening? What's going on?" Um, she now she says she she remembers where she belongs. Like I think all of her memories just came back to her, um, and and she's she's heading back to where that place is. Um, she also tells Ed, I guess it's almost a farewell. She's like, you should find where you belong too, because it's the best. Belonging is the very best thing that there is. Um, what a, what a great line too. like yeah. belonging is the best thing there is. And like, that's absolutely true. Like if anyone, it, it, whether it's your, you know, your genetic family or your chosen family or your friends or, or, or whatever, like having a sense of belonging with a group of people or, or with a, a place is, I mean, it's one of the most satisfying feelings in the world. Like it's, it's mm-hmm. comforting and it's, you mm-hmm. know, it makes you vulnerable and at the same time, like makes you powerful. It's like that, that sense of belonging is so important in the world. And yeah, just her like casually telling Ed this and Ed like looking at her like, yep, mm-hmm, got it. Mm-hmm. Is, yeah, is, I got is that. really good. Yeah. <laughs> um, so while this is happening, Jet and Spike are going after Ed's dad. They, they think that this dude's worth a lot of money. So, um, what this is where we find out that Ed's dad is like, actually trying to map the earth so that they can try and like save it or help it in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, they're trying to change chaos into order, but that's not, um, that's not really working out for them. Yeah. And they spike and jet show up and are like, you need to come with us and take it easy, you know, or else we don't, we don't want to hurt you. And he's like, I'm doing an important thing. Like, what are you doing here? We're, we're mapping stuff. You need to go away. Um, and as spike like draws his gun, this dude, whose name is Apple Dairy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's got a really long day. He's, his name is like Ed. So it's like four different names in four different languages. But uh, yeah. in my notes, I just wrote down Apple Dairy, and I think that's really funny. Um, but Apple Dairy throws eggs at them, uh, and like one gets on Spike's gun, so he just throws it to the side because you know eggs ruin guns. I guess that's um, a fact. Everyone knows it. Everybody knows that. That's the truth about guns. Um, the only thing that can stop a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with an egg, right, Chris? That's right. That's what they say. <clears throat> Spike decides to go hand to hand, and I love this because we um, normally see Spike just w- run the fucking floor with these yeah. dudes, like no question. Frequently. And this dude, like Apple Dairy, just like straight up headbutts him, and Spike's like, "Oh shit, I didn't expect to fight," and then like tries to whip this dude's ass, and it does not work at all. Yeah, uh, he gets put on. He just he, he gets he gets flattened. Spike gets flattened. It's and it very quickly too. Like it doesn't take long. 
Um, so from here, this is where things start to kind of unravel for them. Because uh, uh, Ed shows up um, with the bebop. <laughs> um, and then she reunites with her dad, uh, who calls her Francois. <laughs> Yes, but, um, and they're like, "What?" Also, the fuck? also this asked if Ed. she's a, his his son or his daughter because he doesn't yeah, remember. He doesn't remember. Um, but yeah, they uh, they're 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 pretty shocked to to discover that's who this person is. Um, and then they're even more shocked when they check the bounty again and they realize that they're actually he's only worth fifty wulongs because the way that instead of it, it's like fifty dot zero 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 zero, so they think it's like a shitload of money, but it's not a comma; it's a period for some reason. Like there's just a ton of zeros after that period, and they realize like this this is worth nothing. I want to call out the um, like Ed sees her dad, and she's on top of the ship, so she just goes into full dive position mm-hmm. and dives off the ship ship at, at her father who catches her by the ankles so she is like at a 45 degree angle with her head facing down behind him and he just starts twirling her around and throwing her up in the air and like spike and jet are sitting there like what in the fuck is happening <laughs> what what is what is actually happening um and he immediately says like hey do you want to do you want to stay with me now and she's like i didn't even think about that stay with you and then a meteor hits and he just literally runs and not yeah. runs but like drives away and totally forgets her yeah, because he has to go deal with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the line back. here, "father person gone," I think is is very. Like, yeah, I know, Aww. right? Um, How come this anime has such like fucks us up with with dad so much, man? I come on, know. I don't know. Um, Faye journeys back to where her old home used to be. Uh, she's really excited; like all these memories are flooding back to her. And then she gets there, and her home is gone. The, yes. the, the house is gone. It's just like. A burnt out wasteland now, basically, like ruins of, of what a house used to be. Like, there's not even, like, anything there. It's just, like, dust. Um, and so, here, here, here's the time to say goodbye. We head back to the Bebop. Um, Where everybody has eggs, I guess. Everybody has eggs. I don't quite remember all- the egg transition. Like, I know that dude was eating eggs. Did he just leave behind a lot of eggs? Is he that what he must have left behind have? all of his okay. eggs. So, like, the boys just, just grabbed some eggs. Uh, a couple of baskets, I guess. Um... But yeah, back on the Bebop, you know, um, Jet's just cooking dinner, cooking eggs. Spike's smoking. He's looking out the window. Um, where this is where Ed leaves. She leaves without saying goodbye to them. She she walks outside. Um, she does and, give Spike a nice windmill, which I thought was cute. Oh yeah. Um, and yeah, Ein starts to follow her, and she's like, "I'm sorry, Ein." Um, I'm leaving. And then Ayn does like a full on, like looks back at the Bebop to leave. And then is like, no, I'm going with Ed. So, so Ed and Ayn, they, they ride off into the sunset together. Um, oh boy. You want to break my heart. Like have one of these yeah. like divorcing from your pet situations. Like it just, it gets me right in the heart and I, I start having a lot of feelings about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ed, Ed can leave, you know, Ed, Ed doesn't have to be a ghost with all these other, old skeletons you know sitting around on this ghost ship essentially (laughs) like she doesn't have to be that she doesn't have to be this wayward soul like she can she still can like find her own path her own life she can go chase after her father and she has ein she's not alone um which is really really sweet that they they leave together and this is where this is where you know the uh the tears the tears start coming a little bit Mm -hmm. um and as spike is, is standing there looking out the window he sees ed painted bye bye onto the side of the the bebop it's really sweet. So that's that's her goodbye, and kind um, of heartbreaking. And and now we just it's just going to get sadder and sadder. Like I, Ed and I are off on a great big adventure, but we're not going to see them again on this on this show. That's it. This this is their this is their exit. 
Um, and we're kind of sitting with that, and, and the guys are back on the ship, and they're starting to eat eggs. It, Jet has cooked all of these eggs for four people and a dog, and now it's just Jet and Spike. We're back to how we were in episode one of Bebop when they're eating bell peppers and beef without the beef. It's mm-hmm. just these two dudes putting eggs in their mouth. We cut over to Faye, who draws in the sand uh, the shape of where her room used to be or where her bed would be. Um, and she just lays there and she looks up at the stars um, and she's alone in her past. Cut back to the Bebop. Boys still shoving eggs in their mouth. There's um, a lot of egg noshing going on, man. Like it's, 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 there's so many eggs that they're eating. Like it's a lot. It's weird. Yeah. Um, and I think this is, this is them. They're, they're literally covering up their feelings. They don't want to acknowledge that they made too many eggs. They don't want to acknowledge that, the people who are there, who are supposed to be there to eat them, aren't there. They just, they just are shoveling eggs into their mouths. They're, they don't want to admit how much this hurts to to potentially be losing the people that they care about. Um, and then this is this is actually, I guess, when um, when when Ed says goodbye, um, and and Ayn runs after her. Ed tells Ayn that that Ayn can't come along. You better go back. But Ayn sticks with her anyway, which is again now I'm saying it a second time, breaking my heart a second time. The boys just keep shoveling eggs into their mouths, eating whatever, eating away their pain, not wanting to acknowledge all of this. Um, and yeah, that the, the boys are left back at at square one. They, in episode one, didn't have enough food to feed themselves, so they were cooking very sparsely, and it was always the same thing every day. Um, and it was just the two of them. And we went through this entire series with this this cast of characters, um, and Jet just went and prepared a meal for everybody. But they weren't all there to eat it. And now they don't want to acknowledge that. So we get it's like, honestly, it's very funny to watch them because it's not like they're like eating them quickly. It's like they have three eggs in their mouth and their cheeks are bulged out and they just shove more eggs in there because they just don't want to acknowledge this. Yeah. If they if they stop eating eggs, they have to face the situation of like, do we just leave? Like, because that would be like doing anything else like sets another path in motion. Right. Like that's 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 the world moving on. And that's that's yeah. having to deal with what, whatever is happening in their lives. And neither of them want to. Um, the last shot we see is like this windmill that I keep saying windmill. Is that what these things are called? These little like hand windmill things. It's got to be what it is, huh? I don't know. I have no idea. OK. Uh, but like <laughs> Ed, Ed has taped one to the bebop. <clears throat> um, or no, no, I'm sorry. Spike has taped it to the bebop because this is the one that Ed gave him as kind of like a. Oh, yes, 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 yeah. yes, yes. Um, and then we get the, the, the outro card, which is see you space cowgirl someday somewhere. And uh, I, I didn't know this, but I guess this is Ed's exit from the series altogether. So we're not going to see any more Ed, which yeah. kind of bums me out a little bit. I like it a lot. Yeah, I'm sorry that I uh, I did that. Um, no, 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 you're fine. Like, I'm not like I, I assumed that this was it. Like, I just didn't know it for sure. So, yeah. Um. I don't. I don't care if you spoil me on the series. That is twenty years old, Chris. I'm yeah, not worried about I mean, it. well, spoilers. Uh, they bring everybody back from the movie. <laughs> yeah, sure. So you get that. <laughs> Great. Good. 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 Um, yeah. What a like. What an incredibly poignant episode. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's it's really interesting to do a episode with with without a bad guy. Like there's no antagonist yeah. in this. Like you kind of think that that dude, like they kind of set it up as that dude, but you know, from the very, like, you know, almost immediately that it's fake. I'm um, like, you already know it's fake when they, they set it up. So mm-hmm. it's, it's just like a character development story of two of your female characters. And it's doesn't involve them dealing with men at all. <laughs> like Faye right. is just trying to capture her life. And you know, it's, I, I guess in some way it's, it's Ed coming to terms. Like her father is just not going to be the father that, that, 
she's never going to have a father like a typical father mm-hmm. right so she's coming to terms with that and realizing that she needs to go in her own way um while these other two dudes while these other two you know ghosts just continue to be ghosts and do mm-hmm. their best to stay still in life and just like what an incredible episode like out of like if you if you tried to explain what happened in this episode hardly anything happened but so much did and that's really yeah. impressive yeah it's um it's great it's great payoff i guess you know ed has been this zany background character for so much of this but then to just actually see her suddenly i mean she doesn't act any differently than she always does the only time she gets serious is when she tells ayn like hey you can't come with me you have to stay here um but then as soon as ayn follows her she's like all right you can come with me (laughs) um i i always think that that ed is going to to find her dad um because i think she knows people here she knows that nun she knows those other kids and she's had her adventures and i think she will continue to have adventures um i i and i like the idea of her running along with her dad as they tried to control the chaos that they can never control that they really just contribute to and just living a, a, a zany wacky life um i think that she knows she belongs with them even though it's this guy who doesn't remember her name but like that's that's just ed you know this mm-hmm. th- this place is sort of where ed belongs um she fit in very well in the bebop, but now she's going home. And it, and it's notable that this doesn't seem to like emotionally distress Ed in any kind yeah. of way. Like this is just like her environment changing. So she has to change with it. And I, I think mm-hmm. that's kind of telling, especially with all of our conversation about people not changing. Um, yeah. But she doesn't like, she's, she's not crying in a room because her dad sucks, which she would have every right to do. Like if, you know, if, if, if your dad treated you this way, like that's a shitty thing. And like that, that's, that's upsetting. But Ed doesn't do that. Instead, she just looks at it because she's, because she's Ed, like she treats this stuff like data almost, as opposed to, Mm -hmm. you know, things that are happening to her and she just adjusts what she's doing. And it's, um, yeah, it's just, again, just incredibly like deep, writing for this 22 minute cartoon that is that that is very good and but that hasn't like gone like and it it has i shouldn't say that like it's gone pretty deep before but like to do this with this characters i think it's just is really nice really good yeah they did a great job any any final thoughts oh i'm um i'm I'm sad to say goodbye to ed and ein ein doesn't get the send off that uh they deserve but uh, i think ein's a he i don't know um it's a data dog. It's an it. It's a data dog. It's a data dog. It's an it. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm happy that to know that like because uh, I mean Ayn doesn't belong with with again with ghosts. Not to be over dramatic with that, but um, Ayn Ayn's a happy little dog, and Ayn deserves to be with somebody who um, will take care of it. And I think that Ed loves that dog very much. Hundred percent. And I think they're going to be a good pair. Um, thank you everybody for listening. If you're listening to this, um, it's probably because you supported us on patreon.com slash monster of the week, or you somehow pirated the episode. I don't know how that would work, <laughs> but you know, if you figured that out, then props to you, like, you know, whatever, got to get your entertainment from somewhere. And if it's, if it's us, that's great. Um, but if you are a patron, thank you very much. We really appreciate it. Yes. Um, remember at the 10 and $20 levels, uh, you can actually suggest stuff for us to cover. Um, uh, we are close to finishing this series. Once we finish this, we will start up, um, uh, haunted by ghost where we'll start covering yes. the haunting of hill house the the most recent netflix series which we are both incredibly excited for mm-hmm. um and in between that we will be uh you know covering some listener suggested stuff so we'll have some one-off episodes here and there so look forward to those and again thank you chris i will uh, i'll talk to you later man see you space cowboy